2020 wasn't the year cloud gaming started, but it was the year it took off. With all major platforms now offering a cloud option, what can we look forward to in 2021? Let's talk after this. Hello and welcome once again to Cloudburst, the next generation in discussion shows. I'm Rock, and if you're interested in cloud gaming and intelligent conversation, you have definitely come to the right place. Each week we tackle just one big cloud gaming question, no holds barred and no platform left unturned. Before I introduce my panel for today, please subscribe if you're new here, hit like and check out the unique membership scheme by hitting the join button. My panel today are instantly recognisable and you will uh, highly respected content creators in their own right, each renowned for deep insight wide knowledge and a long list of achievements. Unfortunately, Chase isn't available to join us today and we wish him the very best for the new year. I'm delighted to welcome to the panel today as a special guest, Sebastian, otherwise known as Dr. Spaceman. Sebastian, thanks for joining us today. I hope you had a, a peaceful past couple of weeks. Thank you very much for inviting me and yes, a very nice holiday. Thank you very much for asking. <laughs> Absolute pleasure. I know you're over in Nova Scotia. It's about the same temperature, though, as where I am. So um, I think you're doing quite well together. We're not into snowman weather just yet, unfortunately. Uh, <laughs> so let's introduce our regular cloud bursting panel, Avery, Clive, Eddie and Lloyd. Avery, how are the holidays for you, my friend? Uh, busy and travel filled, but thanks to those who uh, the filled in uh, to uh, Chris who filled in for me last uh, week before last. Mm. Time doesn't have any meaning anymore. Uh, I think there was a song about that in the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Uh, but other, you know, travel went well and smoothly, and I missed you guys. I tuned in, and uh, otherwise, how to, it was a good uh, it was a good uh, holiday season. Ah, oh, fantastic! And Eddie, how's your how's your holiday, my friend? It was good as well. Uh, very different. It's just me, my wife, and kid. Uh, no friends. No, I think we are still in lockdown now. Even uh, the Quebec province established a curfew. So uh, we are on different times. Well, we're, we're locked down until at least April. So um, we can exchange notes as the weeks kick past. Clive, my fellow Lockdownia, how's your yes. last couple of weeks been? Welcome to Lockdownia. Yeah, <laughs> uh, exactly. Uh, very, very quiet. Yes, uh, for, for obvious reasons, very quiet, but equally very nice because of its quietness, oddly enough, uh, for that. But it seems like, you know, saying happy holidays, it seems like... That, what what day do we stop saying saying that now? Like today. it's done today. today. Yeah, from now yeah, on. So no more happy New no, Year's no. For, as of Monday. Uh, right. Happy New Year, all that, and that's done. Good. I just like to establish yeah. these things. So uh, no, absolutely. And yeah. just to remind, I didn't actually say Happy New Year. I think I was quite. No, it was Happy Holidays. Happy Holidays was. Yeah, 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 I mean, that's yeah, fair. Yeah. We're just talking yeah. history, aren't we? We're just this 2020 part part the expansion <laughs> market on my yeah. calendar. Yeah, just exactly. We're the first DLC for 2020. 
Yes. Lloyd, I won't ask you how your holidays work, so I don't wish to uh, upset Clive anymore. Yeah. But uh, how have your last couple of weeks been? Uh, they've been busy, busy, busy. Not not with travel, not with anything. We I didn't leave my house for like 12 days. It was glorious, oh, wow. but uh, a lot of stuff on the go, a lot of... Uh, work, even though I wasn't working at work, I was still doing work while not at work. Um, so uh, I, I'm looking forward to some actual gameplay over the, I don't know, coming weeks when things settle yes. down a little bit. Excellent stuff. Well, great stuff. Thank you, guys. Uh, okay, so let's open up today's excellent question, which was actually suggested by Clive, and there's no hint of uh, Happy New Year in it. Uh, and it is, um, very simply... Uh, here we are. I pressed the wrong button. Here we go. What can we hope to see from cloud gaming in 2021? And uh, as it was your question, Clive, and it's the way we do things around here, you can open up, my friend. Yeah, well, 2021. So I think um, as we come to the end of 2020 and Stadia sort of entered the the, the popular conversation, in terms of gaming and stuff, whereas before, you know, there was plenty of people going, what's the stadia? What's the stadia? <laughs> I've been hearing about things about the the stadia. Shall I try it? Is it any good? Without realizing, of course, in the great words of Bill, you've already got stadia genius. Um, just put it in your, you know, stadia.com in your browser. So uh, with the launch of Cyberpunk and obviously, you know, the massive marketing around that and the promotions on the, um, stadia console uh stadia, what am i saying the stadia controller and all that kind of stuff that went with it it became part of the conversation but it wasn't just stadia that became part of the conversation i think the sort of popular gaming common gaming conversation it it also other cloud gaming platforms so obviously luna was now kind of launched by the end of the year and you know ubisoft plus was on luna and you know geforce was another great alternative way to play uh, cyberpunk you know the biggest game of the year so a lot of attention um went to cloud gaming and it's sort of now an accepted uh, it's on the verge of being a kind of an accepted thing and not a sort of niche thing and so i think 2021 is now the time now they've got you know now that we sort of hey we've got your attention now it is absolutely crucial for cloud gaming in general to double down on that and really expand not you know the the sort of the notion of what cloud gaming is and how easy how available it is and that's not you know a combination of you know luna ending their beta and becoming you know much more of a thing and rolling out internationally stadia obviously rolling out to more countries it'd be great to see them in asia pacific specific and in india and places in brazil and places like that where there are massive massive markets um and of course xbox you know what are they going to be doing we know they're working on a windows pc app um i think that's an interesting one for for microsoft and xbox because if it is too closely competes with their console there comes a kind of a, a point of do they really want to do that but we know they're working on it um, and then suddenly, you know, the options to be able to um, just play these AAA games in your browser or on your standard Windows PC or whatever it is via these different services, whether it's, you know, uh, using Luna on your, with an Amazon stick on the TV or Stadia on your browser or a win, you know, a Xbox 
Games Pass Windows sort of application on your on a bog standard underpowered Windows PC or NVIDIA or whatever with its app that's available on PC or even the Chrome app and stuff like that. Um, I think it's really an opportunity now that sort of cloud gaming has credibility to double down on that and expand and push it out a bit more and get the games that everybody knows on there and stuff like that. Excellent. Thank you, Clive. Avery. So in in 2021, cloud gaming can really have, in my opinion, one of two objectives. It might be a little column A, a little column B. Either it's going to muscle and push its way onto the podium with PlayStation, Xbox, PC gaming, so that it stands in a parallel path. You think of gaming, you think of, well, the, the platforms are PlayStation, Xbox, PC, Switch, Cloud, you know, Stadia, Luna, whatever, or it can try to surpass them. 2020 was the year that gave the cloud gaming industry the opportunity to get onto the podium at all, um, to fight and scrap for its place. Of the cloud gaming platforms, I think it's pretty clear that Stadia, uh, with the photo finish at the very end in the cyberpunk debacle, was the one that made it, that really made it onto the podium. I think GeForce Now, as an ancillary complementary service, hasn't really locked into its own. I think Game Pass Ultimate is, again, it's an ancillary complementary service, so nobody thinks of that as a standalone product. So really, you're only looking at Luna and Stadia. And Luna's limited uh, accessibility means that just most people can't try it. It's not that they're not going to, not that they wouldn't want to, but just they can't. So you're really talking about Stadia in terms of who made it across the finish line, who made it onto the podium by the end of 2020. So in 2021, the choice for the GeForce Now, the, the Xbox department that handles Game Pass Ultimate, the Luna is, do we also try to just get ourselves in uh, on the podium? Do we try to get ourselves in the running for member of the crowd when it comes to gaming? But then that sets up the question of, does anybody surpass? And there's only one way that's going to happen. And that is for something technological game-wise to land and land amazingly. Amazon has a couple of games that it has in development. Neither of them have been super, super well-received. New World's uh, gone up and down. Uh, game Pass Ultimate so far, we don't know if there are going to be any unique games to that service. GeForce Now, that doesn't seem to even be in the cards for them to have unique games to the service. So again, we're back to Stadia. You know, don't want we're not just Stadia focused, but Stadia's got the most opportunity to make something happen in 2021. So what I want to see and what I want to know is, does Stadia do something to further disrupt the market? Cyberpunk was a coincidence. It was a wonderful, amazing, fantastic coincidence for the platform, but it was a coincidence that it just happened to be the best and only place that you can really play it for most people. So if Stadia wants to keep that momentum going, they're going to have to do something to wow people, and that's not going to come in the form of State Share or Stream Connect or any of those kind of things. It's going to come in a first-party game that takes advantage of the cloud. The question is, are we going to see that this year? I don't know. Hey, Rocket, thanks for plugging me in. I didn't know it was me because you were unmuted, but... Um, <laughs> that's all right. The year of 2020, in my opinion, was the year of foundation. Uh, it was the year that uh, cloud gaming became 
into its existence. I know there were before on live. I know Stadia was released in November, but um, it was the year that cloud gaming became more popular. GeForce Now got out of their beta and became available for everybody. Luna uh, came into existence with um, the early access. And um, although it's not cloud gaming, it's a cloud PC, Shadow Boost, there are a lot of people already comparing Shadow, saying Shadow works great. So um, I feel like um, we had a very strong beginning of the cloud gaming era in 2020, in the year of 2020. But now moving on 2021, we will see that being solidified and uh, the competitiveness of the cloud gaming space uh, with big names such as Microsoft investing more money on the cloud gaming solution that they're still cloud, calling cloud gaming beta. Uh, but the, the experience on the cloud gaming beta from Microsoft has already improved from when it was on the xCloud project. Um, so the company is continuing investing. Cloud gaming continues to get better and better. Uh, replying to my friend Avery here, which said um, on Google Stadia, maybe the next step is releasing the big game, the big uh, cloud game. That I feel like it's not ready yet on the year of 2021. Um, I would say it will be close to 2023. But um, the, the big point right now, I would say for these big platforms that are on cloud gaming, it's bring the games of the the big games of the year, day and date. So whenever whoever wants to experience the latest games uh, and surf the hype of a new game or new Call of Duty launching on fall, um, they can join the game on on cloud gaming without spending tons of dollars to buy a new console or spending infinite amount of hours to download these games and updates. Thank you, Eddie, and apologies for the mute. <laughs> no problem. You, can't get, you cannot get professionals these days, my friend. And uh, over to you, Lloyd. Sure. Um, I, I think we're, I guess the market is ripe for um, some big movement in 2021. Um, I, I'm trying to think of this um, from a from a from an aspect that, that isn't just game related, because we know we're going to get more games. We know... We know that Luna's going to be upgraded. They're going to un unveil more channels. They're going to try to solidify that channel um, idea of theirs. Um, and I'm sure that Luna's going to be released to other parts of the world um, over 2021. Uh, it would make sense anywhere where Prime Video exists that eventually Luna will exist. Um, we know that uh, GeForce Now is making um, some upgrades. They're they're planning on a on a big start to 2021 uh, i know shadow's doing the same i saw an image this morning that it's like a six month wait to to get an account there or something because of the way that they they don't sell um access until they have the um, capacity to to uh, supply a computer for that access so there's going to be some huge changes that are happening um but not looking at a specific cloud system whether it's a platform or a service I think 2021 is going to be um, the the eye-opening moment for cloud gaming. We already had a little bit of that. There was some cracking of the eyes a little bit um, when Cyberpunk uh, failed everywhere and it was up and running on Stadia, no problems. And they're like, mm, works for us. I don't know what's wrong with everybody else. Uh, I think that was the the cracking of the eyes. 
Um, but I think um, what we're going to see is maybe it's March, maybe it's April, maybe it's June, whenever whenever the next gen version of Cyberpunk comes out, if that's the game that actually shows this off and Stadia gets the same upgrades, people are going to be like, wait a second, I didn't have to buy the new $500 console to get the upgrade from PS4 to PS5 level of, um, of performance for my cloud version. And we're going to see a lot more articles about that. We're going to see a lot more um, customers, uh, consumers um, chatting about this. And, and I, I think something, a, a moment like that happening in 2021 is going to be huge for the industry as a whole. Um, it, it necessarily doesn't even have to be Stadia that does it. I, I just think they're um, they're they're the ones that have the, um, the best chance for something to happen like this because they already have the blades. We know developers are talking about it, that there's um, there's upgrade potential. We know what's happening. Um, we know that we're, we're the cloud gaming um, super fans. So we know all this stuff, um, but it just takes one instance like that happening, one moment um, in the cloud industry and everything's going to change. Um, this perception, we're going to get fewer uh, hate articles and and all that other stuff uh, that's been happening over 2020, um, and we're actually going to see some some hype from the general hardcore gamers that maybe don't look into other systems. They they're an Xbox player or they're a PlayStation player or they're a PC person. Um, they're going to be like, oh my god, I didn't have to buy anything and my game looks better. Um, so I really think that's going to be a, a point of inflection for the industry, and uh, it's it's going to change things for the better. Um, I do anticipate it happening for Stadia, but hopefully it happens in um, on, on the other platforms as well. Great, thank you. And finally, Sebastian? Yeah, well, for cloud gaming in general, I think we've seen in 2020, Stadia really proved that uh, cloud gaming can be a major player. Every other cloud gaming platforms that we see are not really a platform, they're services. Uh, we've seen GeForce now release like uh, their solution uh, if, to play your PC games if you uh, if you don't want to do an upgrade right away or just on the go. We've seen uh, xCloud being a complement to the Xbox. So they've been pushing for a while, especially PlayStation Now. They've made investment a while ago and they keep pushing it but very slowly and it's almost like the service is sleeping. But uh, with uh, Stadia coming in in 20, well, releasing in 2019 and 2020, really leading the charge, having some studios using their service as their main development platform, uh, they really showed that cloud gaming can take the center stage. So for 2021, what I'm expecting is more companies starting to take uh, cloud gaming more seriously as a main system and not just an afterthought or just an additional uh, system. And also I'm expecting Stadia to continue on their uh, current trend right now that they, they got excellent games that are that can rival the uh, PlayStation 5 and the Xbox Series X. And also I do want to see uh, first party titles that really use the cloud gaming uh, capabilities that uh, we haven't seen yet. They've, they've been teasing about it. Like uh, we know like Probably Cyberpunk is using Elastic Computing that was teased last year uh, over at the uh, developers convention uh, from Google. We know a few features that it looks like they're using it, but they're not 100% clear with that. And they do want to keep some secrets so that other companies don't go and poach in every, every uh, intellectual property they're doing in the back. But uh, 
they need to start delivering those products that will really set them apart from the from uh, other companies so 2021 looks like it's going to be a really interesting uh, year for cloud gaming excellent thank you very much okay guys uh let's open the wire who wants to go first i think just one of the, i think one of the the key thing for all the cloud gaming companies is availability making it's all about and you know stadia have said it is part of their strategy it's all about making it available on all the devices you own but literally so they we know they've said john justice has said you know there's a big push to make stadia an app on smart tvs you know and and i think that's really that is the point the the ability you buy a tv you know what's this stadia like like literally that joke you know you've already got stadia genius now yeah you've already got stadia genius because it's on your tv is so it's that kind of thing it's available everywhere and we know that that's what they're pushing to and we can see you know geforce now is on my uh you know chromecast with google tv not tried it but it's on there you know so i think and we'll see xbox sort of do, doing the same so it's about making it available and one of the things that sort of helped um stadia around the cyberpunk thing actually wasn't just the fact that cyberpunk was a bit rubbish on ps4 and xbox one but also as digital foundry pointed out there was a you know there's a shortage of ps5s and xbox one series x so lots of people who kind of want to play the game can't because there aren't the, mach the machines aren't out there uh, and that's one of the key things that said, well, you know, there is this great alternative. As in, it turns out, it plays as, again, to quote Digital Foundry, toe-to-toe -to -toe with your Xbox, Xbox One Series X, and yet it's not going to cost you 400 quid, 500 quid to buy a box to play it, and you're going to get effectively the same, you know, a game as, as good as you experience your, as, you, as good as you'd get on the, the Xbox um, Series X. So I think in this short time, like but, but before the sort of, the, you know, the, the supply starts building up again on the PS5s and the Xbox Series X is, is over the next, I'd say, six months is get those big games out. Um, you know, get the four. I know people don't necessarily like it. Get the Fortnite, get your Call of Duty, get it out there on the platform because people want to play it. And right now they can't. You know, unless they've got an expensive PC, they want to play it on their PS5, they want to play it on the Xbox and Series X, they can't because the machines just aren't available. And yet the ability to then suddenly play it on your TV or play it on, on, you know, on your PC is very, you know, would be very, very appetizing. My son today, you know, he plays a lot on GeForce now because the games that he wants to play, your Fortnite, your CSGOs, all that kind of stuff, and his friends, you know, on there as well, are on there. But he was telling me, the queues, for, and, it, and, it, and obviously his kid, so he's just got the free version of GeForce Now. He told me the queues for Fortnite were ridiculous. Like we're talking half an hour to an hour to, to get a game. And I was explaining to him about, you know, that basically there's a limited number of virtual machines and it's supply and demand, and that's that's what happens. But, you know, it's, it's that's where Stadia has the advantage because they've not really experienced, even at the peak of cyberpunk a few people said oh I, I little thing flashed up but over like 12 months to have like a one screen momentarily flash up or you had to restart and then and then you're in is pretty extraordinary considering how popular cyberpunk was so we know they've got the capacity 
and we know they've got the capability. So they've got the infrastructure, which we're finding, as, as Lloyd said, Shadow PC, the boost is there's a massive six months delay. There seems to be a permanent delay on the Shadow. I've ever since they went from beta to sort of official launch globally, there's sort of been a permanent sort of three to six month delay on the on the various Shadow PC off offerings. <laughs> GeForce, yeah, unless you're paying, and even if you're paying, you're still queuing for the popular games because they don't really have the infrastructure to support super, super popular games like your Fortnites, like your Call of Duties and stuff like that. And we know that, you know, people like potentially Amazon do have the infrastructure. And, you know, once they've rolled out and finished doing the beat and they roll out the gold version, whatever, globally, they will have the infrastructure. We know Stadia's got the infrastructure. So whilst there's a shortage of the big consoles, the brand new consoles, it's, I think the first stage of 2021 is a combination of get those big games that someone like my son is going to ask, oh, can I play Fortnite on it, right? If, as soon as you can go, yes, you can, he's in, right? You, you, you know, you're in, and that's going to make a massive difference. It may not be the sort of game that we necessarily want to play, but the fact that you have to queue for an hour on GeForce Now shows you how popular that game is and what a game changer it would be if it was on Stadia in terms of making Stadia. Because it's all us old fogies who play Stadia. But if you want to kind of lower the demographic and get more people on it who then grow up to become, you know, as Stadia as being their norm, then you need to sort of get in with the the sort of the Fortnite kids, as it were. So Clive, I don't know your kid um, if he has the the free version of GeForce Now the, or the it's paid the free, version. It's, it's the free version. So yeah, uh, that's why I know well, that I the. the oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, go ahead, Sebastian. Please, you are the guest. I was going to say I got the founders uh, subscription for GeForce Now, and usually, like I've never seen a queue for it. I know I've heard mm. from some people who got a founders who have seen some queues generally it's very short but when you yeah. do have the subscription generally you just click and you're right in the game so but the free, yeah, but the free service is, yeah is the is is the one that's widely available and people are going to try that's that's what i'm saying and then once you're in you go okay i might i'm going to pay but if you just want to give access eat quick access and not put people off like in a way with Stadia, it, it, you want to be in and working and playing straight away. Do it literally, click and play. Can you? And the, and the thing is, if you wanted to play Fortnite, for instance, if it was available on Stadia and you wanted to play Fortnite and it was available on GeForce Now, on the GeForce Now, if you're not paying for the Founders Edition, it's not necessarily going to be a click and play, is it? It's going to be click, play and wait. <laughs> the thing you have to think about for GeForce Now, though, the free edition uh when you're playing just uh like the one hour slot uh, for free nvidia is not making any money for that and they're yeah. actually paying for the infrastructure to work for you but they're not making any money on the games that you're playing the only money they're making from geforce now is from the founder subscription yeah it's a lost leader at the for moment them is yeah. not available on a monthly uh basis you have to buy yeah. six months at the moment i'm hoping they bring back the monthly one but i think it's because they they had too much sales happening lately, too much people uh, subscribing, especially for the holidays. But uh, yeah, if if you're not getting the subscription, G, uh, GeForce Now is not making any money at all for NVIDIA. So that's yeah, why also, we see such long queues for the uh, free version. I, I believe that down the line, after months passing by, this model that GeForce Now has with a free tier of um, its one hour, the limit, 
Or, yeah, you play for one hour, then you get disconnected, and you have the option of uh, to go back right to the queue. I think this free tier that GeForce now with one hour, it's probably introductory, and it should go away during 2021. Because, as you said, it's just for you to try the service, and if you like the service, you gotta pay for the service. And since they are not making any money, I think that model will go away by the yeah. end of the year, and that will surprise a lot of people because they are there are a lot of people who have those free-to-play games, and they use GeForce Now because uh, it's free as well. Something else you have to think about when you're using the free tier, you don't have the uh, full GPUs, you you don't have access to RTX, so. Even the games that don't support RTX, you don't have a uh, GPU that's as good as if you have the uh, Founders uh, subscription. So as a free demo, it's not optimal for them. So yeah, it, it might just phase out pretty soon. It's, it's, and it's not a good... Well with... Sorry, Avery, go, go ahead. ahead. Yeah. Go, go. Uh, I was going to say, it, it, and it's not, it's not a very sensible, clean business model if you look at luna you subscribe to a channel the main luna channel and you just hit the, the game and start playing if you're doing uh, xbox oh you already have an xbox and you've already got game hey cool did you know you can also just like stream to your phone yeah easy stadia hey just click this button game launches instantly right in the browser you're watching the video game on youtube on so geforce now uh and shadow to a degree are kind of the odd men women programs out in that because okay well i'm on the founder so i get like an hour to play but it's on a lesser tier but only if there's not a queue but if there's a queue does that count for my time well probably doesn't count for my time but then i have to play for an hour and get back in but then actually it kicked me out in the middle of the raid now i actually lost my place so it doesn't really matter now i'm going to keep it oh wait but no there's a queue because now it's seven o'clock and that, like that is not consumer friendly and that is not a model that uh, you know, prognostication, that's not a model that survives mm. in, in 2021. When when people start, the more people start realizing that the, the entire point of, of cloud gaming is that there's no hassle. We yeah. just eliminated all the hassle. You just click a button and now you're playing the game. That's not going to fly for very long if, well, okay, you have to log in, but then you also have to log into your Steam account. Oh, you got to do the Steam key thing. Okay, great. You've already authenticated unless you saved it over there. You didn't save it. No problem. Okay, now you find the game. Well, can you find the game? Yeah, it's Steam. It's hard to find stuff. Okay, well, you found the game. Great. Now you can click. Oh, wait, there's a queue. None of that is is the kind of thing that survives another year. One of the things with GeForce now is they're a bit stuck in a trap because if you look at Stadia, they're able to provide you the service for free at 1080p and 4K if you're paying for the Stadia Pro because you're actually buying games. You're, uh, they're making money from those games. They make 30% of all the sales happening on their store. GeForce now, like I was saying earlier, no matter the amount of games you play on their service, uh, if you uh, play super expensive games or if you roll like 50 games a month because every day you want to play two or three different games, well, they're not making more money. They're just making money from the subscription. And that's very minor compared to what Stadia can make out of game sales. And the moment NVIDIA wants to change that and get their own storefront, they're done because it cannot happen. If they try to talk about, okay, we want to do our own storefront and we're going to get this game in and this game in, well, Steam, GOG, uh, Ubisoft, and every company out there are just going to shut it down. It's like, okay, you're trying to compete with us. You're not getting our games anymore. So that's something they have to be careful about. And 
because they've been running off the uh, basically the permission to play games from other stores for so long. If they tr try to do anything else to make more money out of GeForce Now for that, they're stuck. They're stuck in a cage on this, yeah. uh, pretty much. It totally. I think I heard this week Phil Spencer, sorry Lloyd, Phil Spencer saying that they're contemplating bringing uh, direct sales to xCloud so I can envisage that meaning that we see more of a stadium model from xCloud with a standalone that pays for itself via uh, sales. So that's going to shape up the dynamic, isn't it? Um, Let well, me add moving for a second on Rock because yeah. I know a little bird that works in the industry in Spain. And he told me that uh, that's on the plan for Microsoft to do in 2023. Okay. So they are expanding the services. That's moving and, um, the console into literally into the cloud, which is what we're anticipating. You know, the Xbox Series X is the last proper console as we know it. And this is all part and parcel of the Xbox strategy, knowing, as Google do, that as with music, as with video on demand, you know, video and films, it's all moving to the cloud. Microsoft know this. They're partly stuck in a cycle of consoles. But once they've shaken off those chains, then, yeah, of course, you'll be buying games in the cloud for your Xbox games because it's a, it will just be a service that's just like Stadia in, in the cloud. And that we know that's where they're going. It's that they've got a lot of boxes to sell first. And then when they've done that and moved on to the next, the sort of second stage of the strategy, then there'll be something else. They might still do boxes or devices which help that process, like a sort of, you know, a, some sort of Chromecast Ultra Xbox thing that, you know, to, but eventually, yeah, it's just going to be Xbox in the cloud, isn't it? Yeah, it'll so, be it'll be an app that you download and install on yeah. your TV or your Chromebox. It, and Microsoft understands that the future of computing is services to make money. Yeah. Well, fewer people are going to a, a software store because they don't exist anymore. You can't go grab a box from the shelf and say, oh, I want this uh, Corel draw <laughs> because that's the only thing available at the time. No one's going to do that anymore. Um, so it is going to be just an app on a TV. Um, you were talking about um, everyone wants to push to get uh, like Android on TV and stuff like that. We've seen um, a number of months ago, I can't even remember when, there was some pop-ups that were added to... Um, one of the versions of the Android app that um, was, uh, I guess, because it could also run on a television. And it was a pop-up, a, a modal pop-up dialogue thing saying, yeah, uh, if you would like to purchase a Premiere Edition, click here to continue the purchase in a Chrome browser. And it was like something that was intended to be on your television where it's like, I like Stadia, I want more information, I want to buy a controller, boom, I hit a button, I'm brought over, they charge me the... Forty dollars because they're going to give you a discount because you bought a new TV and boom or twenty nine ninety nine whatever it is and a Chrome uh, uh, in a Chrome browser you complete the pur purchase and then you have a Stadia controller arriving at your house in a couple weeks. Um, that is definitely one of the one of the battleground areas for cloud gaming because you don't you're not selling someone a console so because you don't want people to have to buy something and plug it in. What you're what you're giving them is the ability to click an icon and immediately get into gaming with zero thoughts. And um, yeah, having that baked into TVs in 2021 is is definitely going to happen. We we know at least by mid 2021 we're going to have the Stadia app running on the uh, Chromecast with Google TV um, device. Once it works for that, we know it's going to work as a as an app. 
or exactly. you know so that's the thing once you know and on on your sony tvs with your, you know the android with, with google for tv built in yeah. yeah so once it works for google tv full stop whether it's a new chromecast or a new tv we know it'll work at that point do, do so then does 2021 become there's there's kind of three avenues i guess is not really the right word but there's 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 three lanes that cloud gaming can take in in my opinion and and feel free somebody to add a fourth or a fifth and it is games features and accessibility um if 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 consensus wise we're not really thinking we're going to see a lot in terms of games cloud first games coming this year then then it's going to be the features well for features stadia at least as the as the native cloud platform that can offer interesting things um has pretty much rolled out everything the only thing that's left is true state share we're getting that in a couple of weeks and then the assistant and we're getting that probably at some point this year luna hasn't yet really hinted toward major cloud only features other than like twitch integrations and stuff like that maybe they'll come out they'll they'll be crazy and they'll surprise them something that's fine but xCloud doesn't have that. GeForce Now is not going to have that. They just, that's not what their, their models are. So then accessibility is pretty much the one thing that's left. And in, that is growing the audience base, growing the customers, growing the revenue. Because at some point, CFOs and accountants are going to want to see that line turn from red to black. And the only way that that happens is more people buying more games or buying more subscriptions. So does that make 2021 the year of accessibility for cloud gaming? Joe, one of the things that I think we've not touched on yet, and it's quite important, I wouldn't mind if we did, was actually rolling it out across the world being one of the major advantages of 2021. And importantly, Lloyd, one of the thoughts that I've had is, is that up until now, we've seen huge amounts of growth in China from Tencent and other outfits. But because of the current administration, there's been uh, an inability to expand too far, certainly into the States. With the new administration coming in on the 20th, do you see the lid being lifted off that? And if so, how far do you think we're going to see that incursion if it is such? I, th I think that is so low on the list of things they want to get done. Um, they, they have four, four years of, of problems that uh, they see as problems that they're going to want to fix. Um, but yeah, like un un unlocking some more of that stuff, um, I, I think could be, um, could be something that's done in the future. Uh, it's like the political climate between working U.S. companies working with Chinese companies. Um, it's going to take a while for that to even have a chance to get better if it can get better. Um, but yeah, Tencent is throwing money at everybody that that is that is taking investments because they they want to they want to finger in, in every single pie out there around gaming and entertainment. So yeah, it it would be it would be interesting to see what happens. Um, and yeah, as a Canadian, uh, as, as Avery said in our private chat, uh, I hope there's some changes to what's happening up here in Canada as well with uh, with some of our political climate and oh, and, sure. and wanting to do some <laughs> battles. Uh, uh, the current administration's fine, uh, but the one that wants to get in has some very, uh, very similar thoughts to, let's say, some other outgoing administrations. I think with China so makes up 25% of nearly the whole video game industry, just yeah. China itself. So they're not necessarily a need for them to expand out of their own border initially. But once it's a winner, then as a, a kind of, a you know, they want to be major economic players. If something's working really well in their country, they're very happy to export it, aren't they? That's the nature of um, 
economics and global globalization. I don't know yeah. how much of that number makes on mobile gaming because we know it's huge on China, especially PUBG Mobile. It's one of the yeah. uh, top three games on, on China. It's probably a mix of it all, to be honest. As we've said if, before, this is the merging of that, you know, the distinction between what it clarifies it because it effectively is yeah, it's cyberpunk a mobile game because I can play it on my pixel. So it's right. that merging we're gonna I think that's another thing we'll see in 2021. That kind of merging of what you what's considered a, a game you play on your phone is just a game you play on your phone. Because if you can play Candy Crush one minute and then flip to Stadia and play Cyberpunk both on your phone, they're mobile phone games, you know. But the, the, the China market, the, one of the challenges with uh, any of these cloud services expanding in their number one, you then have to tap into Chinese government controlled infrastructure and there are going to be limits and regulations. You're not you're if you are Google, uh, they're not going to let you in there tinker with the pipelines to make Stadia run better. They're not going to let Amazon get in there and sharpen the controls across the nation because it's all government controlled infrastructure. Not only that, there's uh, I was reading an article about um, the expansion of the Universal Studios Super Mar uh, Super Nintendo World. So Super Nintendo World is opening up in in uh, in Universal Studios Japan, and they're building it here in the states and Hollywood and everything else. And they're building a brand new Universal Park in Shanghai, and they're not including it because. China is, that's, Mario, Yoshi, those are not characters that have a foothold in China, despite being right next door, because the imp, the, the market for uh, certain types of cultural touch points are not there. So you might have a PUBG or something that gets really, really big over there, but if Xbox... I mean, is the Xbox sold in China? I don't. I, I don't actually know. I guess I could Google that real quick. But the, you know, some of these companies that are going to want to bring their big names and their big platforms and their big thing, you're not going to see games like the Far Cry series, which is all about like anti-government militias. That they, those games are not going to make it to China. Like those, the the market. There's a part of me that feels like everybody feels like that is like the next major big market, and that's true. That doesn't mean you can get in there. And that doesn't mean that, that once you're there, you can sell your yeah. stuff. I Every think my point has been over 10 years, as far as I know, like my whole career. Google has never been to China. So there's yeah. no Google in China. There's Baidu in China. There's no uh, WhatsApp. There's WeChat. Um, so China does their things on their own. There are things that are allowing in and there are things that are not. So um, unfortunately, the, the cloud gaming competitors that we know that exist today uh, I don't see them putting a foothold in China. Yeah, my point is not about putting a foothold in China. Oh my. my point is about China putting a foothold in the rest of the world. And as we have seen with mobile phones, you know, once they have a good product that sells really well, it's too big to contain within their marketplace. And Tencent are making those investments all over the world and, you know, the money. So what I'm saying is potential cloud, get, you know, WeChat is, you know, although it's a Chinese um, app, is now really popular in other parts of the of the world as well. So it's about, we, we know that once they've got a good product, they'll export it to the rest of the world. And that adds to the competition. And hope, you know, competition usually is good in for the consumer. And, you know, hopefully you'll see the other, um, you know, companies kind of reacting accordingly.
Currently, the uh, the boss of Alibaba has disappeared in China anyway, um, yeah. uh, and there's all sorts of shenanigans going on. So we know that there are issues there that need to be resolved. I guess the, the, the bigger question isn't so much, as you've rightly put, Clive, about expansion into China, but what we have seen, particularly with Tencent, is a vast investment in buying content. Yeah. Uh, and so, you know, they, they ultimately become one of the larger IP owners. Uh, and of course, um, and, and the Western culture is, is massive in China, it has been for many years. Um, so buying those household brands, that could have quite an impact, I think, potentially on, on the gaming landscape. Well, it doesn't even necessarily, uh, uh, to, to, to point in the direction that you're, you were both originally pointing China to the outside world, um, all it takes is the right piece of content to take hold and funnel money back to the, the CCB or whatever you know it is. Yeah. Um, the uh, perfect example of that, Genshin Impact. Genshin Impact was one of the top games last year, free to play, but money maker. Uh, a, a quick uh, uh, tour of Wikipedia says $393 million just on mobile devices, just in its first two months. And that is from the Chinese company MiYoHo. So all it takes is the right piece of content to land and lock in. If the next Among Us is from Tencent or another Chinese company, if the next Fall Guys or the next whatever, that's all it takes to get them over here. But then the the, the problem is, at least for cloud gaming, they're not going to be able to land infrastructure over here. A, a Chinese-owned, I'll tell you, at least in America, uh, a Chinese-owned company is not going to be given leave to develop major infrastructure over here. They're gonna, they might be able to invest, buy stock in, partially of that nature, but we're not going to see whatever the eventual Chinese version of cloud gaming is in the States. They're, it's just not going to happen because they're not going to have allow those servers over here. Yeah. Eddie, we were expecting to see Stadia in Brazil by now. Uh, any reason you are aware of as to why it wasn't in the recent list of, of countries? You did your mute now. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was one of the, the guys who said, um, yeah, it, it's coming by the end of 2020. And uh, I was absolutely wrong. I felt like Stadia, although they have servers available everywhere, Google has servers available everywhere. Um, they are planning on a bigger release on other major markets, such as a major market I'm talking about in terms of uh, revenue, because although Brazil is huge, it's a continental uh, country, um, the, the revenue or the, the exchange rate into Brazil, it's not um, that favorable for Google to put the money. So... There are a lot of gamers, there are a lot of free-to-play gamers in Brazil. There are a lot of people who already use GeForce Now, even though GeForce Now hasn't launched in Brazil. And um, I've, talking about specifically Brazil, Microsoft took the first step. They launched xCloud, Project xCloud over there. And um, they are already expanding the services over there. I think, uh, not, not I think, I know for a fact, the GM for GeForce Now already said GeForce Now is expanding to Brazil as well um, in 2021. So um, it, it's going to be very interesting. Phil Spencer said they're expanding the service to xCloud to Australia, to Japan. And 
they are already in Brazil. GeForce now is expanding as well. So if 2020 was the year of foundation of 20 of uh, cloud gaming, I feel like by the end of the year we will see much much more countries expanding onto the whole ecosystem of cloud gaming. For countries like uh, Brazil and also we mentioned India earlier. I think one of the main issues is that these are very vast territories for the amount of one, the population that's available there, and also the uh, average income, the uh, what amount of money is available. So that's one of the issues. If Stadia is releasing the service in Brazil, they want to make sure that across the whole country, you can get a good connection, good service with minimal latency. And the same thing over in India, we know there is a very big market in India that is asking for services like Stadia because everyone does everything with their cell phones over there. Like a lot of people don't even use a television at all or anything like that. It's all on the cell phone. That's the device they will live with. So if they can get a AAA gaming experience through their cell phone. They're ready for that. And they already have a very big uh, mobile infrastructure over there that's ready for cloud gaming. <coughs> but they have to be sure that the Google data centers are able to get a solid connection and provide a good service across the country. So I think that is one of the challenges that they're facing right now with some of these countries. While the uh, European countries to which they expanded not too long ago, just having data centers two countries away, it's so small that it's close enough for them to provide the service there. So like uh, if we look at Switzerland, that's surrounded by France, Germany, and like uh, Belgium, it's like all countries that were already supported by Stadia and it was surprising that they didn't get Stadia before, but now they have it because the infrastructure was already there and it's easy to get it to them. But yeah, that is one of the main challenge is vast territories. In Canada, we're able to get the service because we're so close to the United States. Like over here I'm in Nova Scotia, I know there's two different uh, data centers I can be provided with. It's either Montreal or New York. So a lot of Canadians actually use American data centers when connecting to Stadia. So it's all part of the, not the strategy, but uh, it's the uh, steps they have to go over in order to provide a service in these countries. It's not easy everywhere, depending on the size of the territory. It's one of the things they're working on, of course, constantly is the compression technology and that keeps improving 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 and we know there's sort of these the av1 i think they're talking about yep. which is really you know people saying oh that'll be great but what that's really about is being able to make it work or be more smooth and work more effectively as you say on mobile phones over over data networks and stuff like that and that would be something ideal for as you say for india where everybody's basically their home computer is their mobile phone um and you know and that's if you can improve the compression uh, then you're sort of less reliant on top-notch kind of, you know, a data network. Um, so as well as delivering kind of high quality, you can also means that you don't need so, you know, su such effective kind of data network. So that's, and we know that's the sort of, you know, there's loads of lot, loads of background things that we know what, it's Google and anybody's got any Google device. We know they're constant, this is stage specific, we know they're constantly tinkering in the background and enhancing things and improving things and stadia will be like that and you'll see oh yeah by the way we just upgraded to such and such data compression and now everybody gets 4k or whatever it is you know it's it's things like that that we'll see over little things that make all the difference 
Lloyd, final question um, while uh, Avery's muted. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> Here, we went, why aren't you listening to me? Too late. Too so late. You've got to be quick. Clive touched very early on about PlayStation, and I feel one of the sleeping giants in the whole cloud gaming uh, ecosphere is PlayStation Now, which uh, do, do you feel that they've been quiet about PlayStation Now while they're waiting to exhaust their stock of PS5s? I don't. I don't think so. I think. I think that would be just a, a, a separate part of their company that would work on this, and and they'd want to work on it in parallel. Um, I know that they've been slowly over the last couple of years. They've been selling people annual memberships, like sign on, fifty dollars. You get a full year of PlayStation Now. You'll never use it, but we want that money because we want to. We want to. A, a bunch of friends of mine bought in. 100 games, what's not to love? <laughs> a bunch of my friends bought in and they played a grand total of one game in the entire year that they've had the service um, just because that's what their usage is. Uh, I think they're slowly building out whatever the next PlayStation Now is going to be. I, I don't think it's going to continue to be PS3s running custom firmware sitting in server racks in a couple parts of the world. They're going to want to have all this stuff virtualized on standard server blades that'll be in data centers all over the world. That that If they want to really compete in cloud gaming, they have to do what Microsoft is doing, which is, sure, you're on, current, you're on hardware now. Um, that is basically just a console that everybody would buy. But in the future, you're going to be on hardware that still has some of those guts, but it is going to be something fully custom that is going to run in a standard uh, data center blade. Um, Sony has to be working on that, or they're just going to have to give up on PlayStation Now because the service as it is now, it, it, there's too much latency for pretty much everybody that I know that has ever tried it, um, including myself. I had I've I had a membership for two years, and it was pretty trash at times when you'd you'd be playing um, I don't know Tomb Raider, and you'd hit the fire button to shoot, and you'd still you'd see the guy would run for another second and a half, and then you'd shoot at where his body used to be. It's kind of like the joke of what people thought. So, so you know, this this is where I think place. This is where I think Sony's problem is because they're really quiet about it. It's now PS4 Pros running at 1080p 60, yep. and it's yep. a, there's no latency. I was playing it this afternoon, so you know, the, the, it's actually a really good service now. It's on par with GeForce now, except they're not running. 2080s sure uh, but it, they don't talk about it and, um, and I guess my question was is this the year they start talking about it because you know your experience is obviously uh, it was the case certainly was the case when I first started using it uh, yeah. but they vastly invested in it and they're not saying anything about that and it kind of feels like that's something they need to remedy last, last time I accessed my one of one of the games in my account was about I think it was E3 times. So I haven't played in about half a year. So if it's really gotten better in the last half year, I'll have to give it another go. It, it, uh, because it has. It, it, yeah, was, it has. It was pretty trashy at times. And mm -hmm. other times it was fine. But I know for a lot of my friends, it was they had some issues with it, um, which is why I told them not to buy it in, not to buy the full year initially. Don't get Stadia. It's got loads of lag. Buy a month. 200 meg download. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I... I, I think I think Sony has to be working on something, and they have to unveil it this year, or they're going to be left in the dust. They're going to be the the Walmart of getting into cloud gaming, and then we don't ever hear anything from it again. Good point. The thing with PlayStation now, though, is that their their headquarters are in Japan, and it doesn't seem like Japan is as much in a hurry as we are, like in Western civilization, to uh, hop on the uh, cloud gaming train. 
So uh, we see Nintendo starting to do it right now to uh, deliver like higher fidelity games to, uh, to the Switch, but it's still in very limited form. So that's why PlayStation now actually bought Gaikai so many years ago, where I think that they're the ones who got uh, on live when it shut down. And I've heard some from, from some people that actually on live was a better experience than PlayStation now, like less latency and better image quality. So, but they kind of extended it to a wider audience and the quality went down for some reason. And they've been neglecting that that service. Like they've done the upgrade uh, not too long ago to, like you were saying, to the 1080p and all that. But it doesn't look like they're in a hurry of making investments in it. So I'm really curious to see if they're I, actually going to start taking it seriously. This I year. think you're right. The, the difference difference between Microsoft, which is effectively a software company, services and software company that happens to make hardware, the Xbox, PlayStation. I'm sorry, Sony was effectively an electronics um, hardware company. They make devices. They develop technology that you need to, you know, that you play on their devices or, you know, then they invested in the film and entertainment industry. Why? Because they want to make stuff that you then need to buy their machines to play on in a very simple, basic way. That is, the, that is what Sony is as a sort of a company that's where it originated from making electronic boxes and so i think for them they met that's why from a strategy point of view what you'd be saying to that company is actually we we don't need hardware anymore and that's quite a hard thing to do for a company that's been built over 50 60 70 years or whatever that's built around a strategy of building hardware whereas microsoft the they that, went the other way so yeah. and so the answer to that is buy the sony tv to get the by the playstation uh branded sony tv yes. to get access to playstation now and then you're right back in that ecosystem i think <laughs> that's that's what they need to sort of think about what can we how can we yeah so exactly it's about okay we need to invest in services or entertainment that people then need our devices, which, albeit a TV, is the way that they ex access it. So that may be their solution. You know, they've, they've already else. done that in some of their some of their Sony. Sorry to cut you off, Eddie. Uh, some of their um, Sony TV hardware. When you go into the settings, it looks like you're looking at the cross media bar from the PlayStation Three. It's kind of like a weird thing when you see it. It's like, what input am I on? How am I looking at this? Um, so they've had PlayStation now baked in for a while, but now they're talking about going to um android tv built into their televisions which means they just got to work on an, an android tv app for playstation now it'll be baked into all their future tvs just like stadia could be yeah all of the bravias that got announced at ces this year the, the sony bravia was the first uh tv line to be announced with google tv as the the layer on top of android tv so it's it's already expanding which probably then means a playstation now app for google tv would be on the way but, uh, something else we have to think about also for Sony is that unlike Microsoft, Amazon, and Google, they don't have any cloud uh, cloud uh, business services. So these are major economic forces behind their gaming service. Like Google can't afford to make all these data centers because they're doubling as business uh, cloud services. And the same for Microsoft and Amazon. So 
that's why they're the big three players to look at for uh, cloud gaming in the futures. And anyone else is just trying to get along the ride, it looks like. but Catch up. Yeah, yeah, they're trying to catch up, but uh, it's really difficult to rival with these companies who already have a very strong foothold in cloud gaming uh, ventures thanks to their uh, business cloud services. And that, and it, you know, the, these companies, you say your Amazon have been doing, you know, have been building that infrastructure over the last, you know, 20 odd years. That's why the, you know, the biggest sort of cloud infrastructure that exists, they've been building it and building it and building it like a secret, secret Death Star in the background. And, you know, now because they had the vision of the future, Google have taken, you know, the reason the Google have built their network for their own services rather than for general use. But because they built it for their own services, it's this super fast secret highway, which allows us to have Stadia and Stadia to work so well. Uh, and Microsoft, as I say, you know, they, they've been, they've got their kind of cloud services and they've been, you know, selling that. And we know that Sony have entered into a deal with Microsoft for the Microsoft Azure services. But as you say, that Sony don't have that, you can't build that cloud infrastructure overnight. And their and only orders. way in is partnership. And, you know, it seems probably that that's with the Microsoft Azure deal. And they don't it's in interest. It's in their so interest. They, yeah. So I can say it's in their interest. So I can say it's in, X, it's, in play, it's in Xbox's interest in a way that PlayStation as a concept and a service survives. Um, weird though that may sound as competitors, but in a way you, you need them to survive as well so that yeah. you've got an ally almost fighting the Amazons and the Googles. Um, otherwise, it's Microsoft on their own. Sebastian, final word, and then we'll wrap up. Mm. That, that no, I think that, <laughs> for me, okay. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I think that's uh, pretty much it. 2021 will definitely be a big year for gaming uh, for cloud gaming it's really got its foot in the door right now and they're trying to get in so it's it'll be very inter interesting and exciting to see it unfold fantastic gentlemen as always we're just getting started it's time to go home but uh, it's been a fantastic show sebastian thank you very much for joining us today becoming a, a cloud panelist um just before we go let's quickly find out where we can find everybody is the tradition of this kind of a starting with you clive yeah, you can find me at YouTube forward slash Clive Illinden or at Clive Illinden. There it is on Twitter. Thank you, Brock. Thank you for that. And uh, Lloyd? Yeah, you can check me out on Twitter at Dasme, D-A-S-M-E. You can also check out all the video content we do for StadiaCast over at nerdnest.tv. Sebastian? Uh, you can find me on YouTube, Dr. Spaceman, or on Twitter at Dr. Spaceman Games. And that's pretty much it. Thanks. Avery. You can find me on Twitter at Charm City A, because I live in Charm City and my first initial is A. You can find all of my video content at Stadia Source, your number one source for Stadia news and reviews. StadiaSource.com. And Eddie. You can find me on Twitter at Eddie Player One underscore player one and on YouTube at Eddie Player One as well with a lot of reviews coming. Excellent. Yes, looking forward to that with your, your moving camera stuff and your your little uh, yeah, here it comes. It's uh, a little dolly. Amazing piece of kit. A little dolly. Say hello, dolly. 
There's a I song in there somewhere. Cool. <laughs> yes. And of course, there's always me, Rock, at Stadia Rocks on Twitter or uh, YouTube forward slash dot com forward slash even dot com forward slash rocks. But you knew that because you're here already. So that's it. Thank you very much indeed, everybody. We hope you've enjoyed the show. We'll be back next week with a, another burning cloud question that needs bursting. Uh, and as always, stay safe, keep your head in the game and your eye firmly on the cloud. Thank you very much, gentlemen, and goodbye.